Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. And before you close your eyes, just look at your screen, take a little, a little view. And given the week that we have had and the difficulties we are all experiencing together, as you connect with the faces on this screen, send them loving kindness. Just wash the, the screen and the Sangha with your wish for everyone to be safe and well and happy, healthy. Everyone can use Metta right now. And as we close our eyes and find a comfortable posture for sitting, erect and dignified as we say, relaxed, but upright. And continuing just for a moment on our wish, our hope, our desire. As we hold in our heart, this planet, earth, the forests, the trees, the grasses, the mountains and rivers, and all the creatures on this earth, from the tiny, smallest amoeba to the largest creature in air and earth and sea and trees. May this earth heal. May this earth heal and be free of harm. May this earth be safe and happy, healthy, restored. May this earth receive our care and our loving kindness, our wisdom. May we be stewards for its healing. Broadening our desire, our wish, our cry to extend to the firefighters and the government workers emergency workers, cities and towns, 
surrounded and consumed by fire. All those fleeing and those sitting at home. May all beings be safe and free of harm, healthy in body and in mind, peaceful, free of suffering, free of danger. May their needs be met lovingly. We radiate metta to all corners of the earth and beyond. May we learn and act from wisdom. May all sentient beings be healed. And as we open our hearts in metta, We include this being sitting on the cushion here, or the chair, holding ourselves in loving kindness. And allowing the body to soften, relax. For a few breaths, holding your awareness or moving your awareness to the breath at the tip of the nostrils. And feeling the flow of air at the tip of the nostrils. Perhaps sensing the cool air on the inhale entering and the warmer air of the exhale exiting. And you can use counting if you like. Inhale one, exhale one, inhale two, and give yourself. 10 to 12 breaths here, collecting the mind. Bringing the mind to one pointedness on the breath. And yet being gentle if the mind wanders away, just come back.
And if you like, at this moment, moving your awareness down to the rib cage. You can even put your hands on the rib cage if you like. And once again, centering and anchoring on the breath in the rib cage. Feeling the rise of the rib cage. Feeling the release of the rib cage on the exhale. Tuning into the felt sense of the movement of the whole rib cage. And again, you can use countering to anchor and hold the breath. Hovering, experiencing that felt sense of movement, the expansion and the contraction And that still point when the breath moves from inhale to exhale, exhale to inhale. Sustaining our attention on the full breath. And moving your awareness now to the breath of the belly. And if you like, you could even put your hands on your belly and sensing the movement of the belly, the whole belly above the pelvic bones to the back of the spine. The movement of the breath using counting if needed, allowing your awareness to ride the breath 
like a wave. If the mind wanders, just gently come back with loving kindness. With each breath, we're collecting the mind, centering and anchoring. And if you like, expanding awareness of a breath to include the whole body, breathing with the whole body sitting from the toes to the top of the head. Allowing the breath to wash the body and including the whole range of the body in the field of awareness.
if the breath calls you to awareness in a narrower, narrower, narrower sense, you can find the breath at the nostrils, the rib cage, or the belly, if awareness moves you so. Allowing your awareness to expand further beyond the body. Sensing and feeling the space in front of the body. What is it that senses the body and the space in front of the body? And see if your awareness fills the room in the front, goes beyond the walls of the room, and you can move the awareness to uh, the space above the body, at the top of the head. the space at the sides of the body. The space behind the body. And below the body. Checking in, how does awareness know space? How does awareness know the body? How does awareness know the movement of the breath in the body?
You're always welcome to come back to a narrower focus. Allowing yourself to sense and feel spacious awareness around the body. What's between your body and the wall of the room? What's around the objects in the room? or what's between yourself and another body. And simply inquire, what is rising in awareness right now? You can even use the I word, what am I aware of? For the last few moments of our sit, it's a good time to sense your feet, your legs, your arms, your sit bone, torso, filling the body with awareness. When you're ready to open your eyes, see if you can notice looking, seeing through the sense door of your eyes, listening, hearing with your ears. But holding on to some awareness in the body.
as we make this transition. So welcome back. Good to see all of you. Does anyone have any questions or comments about the meditation? Anything they would like to ask? I'd like to welcome JD. Do you want to say hi? He teaches at Insight LA. You want to unmute yourself and say hi to the group? Yeah, hi. Nice to see you. Nice to be here with you. Nice to have you, JD. Great. Okay. So um, I've just come back from a um, seven-day silent retreat in my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> what an experience that was. Um, but with the media off, pretty much, uh, those of us who were on the retreat, and I think there were about 300 people on this retreat around the world, we came back to a world filled with fire. And um, apparently, California is experiencing uh, the largest fires in recorded history right now. And not only in California, but Oregon, Washington, and all over the world. So climate change is here. And the news uh, this week is not any better than the news last week before the retreat. Uh, there was a, um, let's see if I can find it. A, a little meme on Facebook that said um, something like this. Uh, I can't find it, but something like, if you've never had anxiety before, uh, you can sign up for an anxiety disorder now, like something like this, you know? Um, and it's natural for us to um, feel some anxiousness, worry, even despair or sadness, worried for ourselves or our loved ones, given all of the conditions that we're faced with right now. And one of the teachers, Guy Armstrong and Sally Armstrong, um, he said, if anxiety will arise, this is the time we will be worried. This is the time. So it's, it's agreed upon. If you're feeling that, no, you are not alone. You're in good company. Anybody sense any anxiety lately? <laughs> right? Yeah. And But his point was that um, in Buddhism and in mindfulness practice, uh, we're interested in how we relate to the world in the condition that it is. 
And he said, the Buddha didn't say, uh, I'll be mindful and wholesome and have a, a good practice and be at ease and peace when it's a sunny day in California and everything's going right. There's nothing in the suttas that say that mindfulness only happens and our practice only happens when the weather is good or the, the conditions are good. It really says the opposite and it's not so easy to do. And so he talked about what is a Dharma point of view in a world with so much suffering. And he said, one thing is that we're committed to our outer action. We're committed to what we can do in the world. Each of us has a few small things we can do, uh, whether it's helping with the election. And I know some of you are doing that, writing postcards and helping to register voters or contributing. It's a very important election, one of the most important of our lives, of my life. Uh, and others are um, interested in global warming and climate action, um, social justice. Um, as we sit here today, the police unfortunately still uh, brutalize people of color uh, unnecessarily and in, in an extraordinarily unjust way. So there's many things we can become involved in. And um, this is part of our Dharma practice. This is part of our, um, our bodhisattva vow that we in our small way find something to do. And many of you do. I, I hear from you all the time. This is such a generous and dedicated group. So that's our outer response, but there's also an inner response to our immediate experience internally as we relate to the difficulties of the world. And um, I was touched by this, so I wanted to share it with you. He talks about the four right efforts in practice. Uh, so one is to guard against unskillful, unwholesome states of mind. And that when he's talking about unskillful, unwholesome, I've always been stuck on the word wholesome. I don't like wholesome. I could tell you why it's just one of my biases is not a favorite word of mine. It's, it feels judgy, you know, but they mean and, and to guard against greed, hatred, delusion, um, and the hindrances, anxiety, avoidance, this kind of thing to guard against it. Yeah, because it doesn't help us basically. And the second right effort is to abandon those states once they have arisen, to abandon them, to learn how to let go or drop. It's a skill, you know, and a practice. And it takes, I felt, feel like it has taken me years to cultivate that, years and years and years. I'm still working with that. And the third is to work for the arising of wholesome states of mind. And that's why we have the divine abodes, metta, karuna, um, equanimity practice, mudita practice, because we want to encourage these wholesome states to visit. And, um, and the fourth one is um, to maintain the wholesome states of mind when they have arisen. And um, it, the reason why he talked about this 
is that if we are responding to current events with just anxiety, tightness, despair, worry, contraction, or have this view of falling in and being overwhelmed, or it's just too much, just too much, um, then we can't act skillfully and we're not so helpful to ourselves and others. Does that make sense to you? You know, it, it's a practice of how to maintain equanimity so as not to fall in. And he said, the central compass, and this is Guy Armstrong, I didn't say this, so I, I wanna make sure you know who the author is. Uh, the central compass of our practice um, is to develop the wholesome. And again, I'll quote him, the Buddha did not say practitioners, if it's a nice day in California today, then develop the wholesome. Um, if everything in the world is going great, develop the wholesome. He said, look, look out at the state of the world we feel and feeling these feelings, our practice really is, can we find our way back to wholesome states of mind, peace, ease, calm, equanimity. Um, and he said, we're cultivating one presence to what is, acceptance and openness to what is here right now. And to, to meet it with an open heart, to not shut down, not shut down, to meet it with an open heart. And the third one is a balance of mind that can be with whatever is happening without sinking. Yeah. So that's why we're all here today, sitting today. And of course, I would love to sit with you in person. Even, you know, just look at your face more in real time. But we're not doing that today. We don't have that today. Uh, but we will meet as a group outdoors. Um, and we're going to organize that. So it will happen that we can sit together. Uh, in the same space outdoors soon. So I wanna read another quote from another teacher of mine. And this is um, from Jessica Britt, who's a diamond approach teacher actually. And she takes another view and then I wanna come back to this, right? The state of the world can be overwhelming at times and our bodies and souls are very sensitive to these energies. In childhood, when our systems become overwhelmed, we learn to turn away, to tune out and distract from these sensations. We learn to say no to our experience in order to protect ourselves. And that is what the Buddha said too. We, we develop aversion and delusion as a coping mechanism. It's in all of us, right? While these defenses were very normal and valuable as children, in adulthood, they limit us. Um, we become shut down to both the challenging feelings and the uplifting ones, limiting our ability to experience the goodness of ourselves and humanity. As we learn how to stay with our experience, the resistance softens with understanding kindness, and allowing. When you learn how to enter your experience, you discover the deeper truth of your own basic goodness, your own resiliency, 
and that is true liberation. So some of what we're doing day by day, moment by moment, is learning with our mindfulness practice to stay, to be here, to be connected to our body, to our emotion, to our thoughts, to internal and external difficulties. And I love what she said, um, not leave in the ways that we've learned to in the past. Um, and I, I want to look at her languaging again, because I really like it. We learn to turn away, tune out, and distract. I think another way we've learned is to criticize and judge ourselves harshly when we're vulnerable, to have a super ego attack. And these are the things that we can dissolve and soften just from our practice, from daily practice here now, here now, here now. And um, what I loved about the retreat was it gave me an opportunity to see how the concentration practice on the breath um, helps to be here now, to collect, and come down into the body so we can be here now. How the metta practice softens the harsh judgment, worry, fear that's internal and external. And how the awareness practice helps us hold the difficulties in a larger space. So, so many supports in our practice to stay with the difficult and to stay with the wonderful. The wonderful is still happening. There's a little ash on it, but it's still happening. Um, so I wanted to uh, read from both of those teachers. And uh, we've been talking about relationships uh, and mindfulness in relationships, mindfulness with communication. And I wanna pick up a little bit on that uh, today. Before I say uh, more on that, I also want to mention that um, Kate has been trying to set up a group to study um, mindfulness, echo sattva um, of uh, climate change. And there is a course on mindfulness, the echo sattva. I'm trying to see if I can find it and read what she wrote about it. Uh, how your practice can meet climate change, anxiety, grief, frustration, action. Uh, the echo sattva training program um, has a self-paced program from One Earth Sangha. And there is a fee for it. Um, but if you're interested, please reach out to Lars, to me, to Kate. And um, I think we, we have some money as a Sangha to help support that, right? Yeah, Sue is thumbs up. So if you want to participate and take that training, I heard it's wonderful from uh, my Dharma friends who have taken it. Uh, notify us and we'll work out scholarship and use some of our uh, Donna money to pay for that program so we can all share it together. And I wanted to mention that now um, at the beginning before you all kind of disperse. So 
I will read a poem from Hafiz. It's a bit of a rambling Dharma talk, but a lot's going on. Uh, with that moon language, admit something. Everyone you see, you say to them, love me. Of course you do not do this out loud. Otherwise, someone would call the cops. Still, think about this, this great pull in us to connect. Why not become the one who lives with a full moon in each eye that is always saying with that sweet moon language, what every other eye in the world is dying to hear. And so um, I love that line about why not become the one who lives with a full moon in each eye that is always saying with that sweet moon language, what every other eye in the world is dying to hear. So another way that we can sustain ourselves and to um, have resilience in our lives is um, sangha, connection, friendship, relationships. Even now more than ever, this contact with others becomes more meaningful and an opportunity for practice the way we hold each other counts. And it is a full path to awakening as I unpack this and discover. Um, from the last um, <clears throat> session that we had, we were talking about some of the skills that we can use to uh, land in our bodies and practice presence as we speak, as we relate to others, as we um, share our relational field with others, there are some mindful skills that we can use to land on. And I wanna go through um, that a little bit more and maybe practice one of the skills or discuss one of the skills. <clears throat> so the first one, um, and I, I think you could shout it out now, is to pause, right? Is slow down, pause when we're with others, when we're practicing mindful speech, which is not easy. Um, I think uh, Warren J. Sofer, I, I gave you his quote the last time, one breath can change what you say. So true, one breath can really change what you say. And some of us have really suffered from foot in mouth disease. Anybody suffer from that? Yep, uh, uh, foot and mouth disease, How, oh my goodness, right. Yeah, 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 it's a great one, right? All you can do is chuckle and give yourself meta. So that one breath, that pause is really important. Uh, some of us also have noticed that there's a kind of impulsivity in speech. Anybody have that impulsivity? Do you ever have that experience where you're talking before you're thinking. You just, yeah, you wake up and you find yourself, you're talking, but your brain didn't activate. Uh, and then it's too late, right? 
Um, there are other times where you hear yourself speaking to someone and you just know, even though you're talking, it's not in accordance with your intent of what you want to say. The words do not match your intention and there's space there. That's happened to me many times where I'm talking, but I can't quite connect to where my heart is and my heart is not coming through. Right. There are other times where I'm talking and in my mind, I'm like, you know, that could have been said more skillfully, <laughs> but it's already been said. So that pause is really a skillful action, skillful means. And the next one is allow, um, to allow the body in the field of awareness. One of the things I noticed in this group as we practice together, most of you have really deepened the first foundation of mindfulness, which is awareness of the body. I can see such a maturity in our Sangha on this issue of the body brings us here into the moment. The breath organizes us to be here. Otherwise, the mind is really traveling and spinning all around the world. I noticed on this retreat, because it was in my bedroom, that was it. There was nowhere to go. The retreat started and my neighbor decided to cut down trees. So I was really in my bedroom. And so, but I noticed being in my bedroom in one room for seven days, boy, that mind can go a lot of places, many places at once. Like it just flies, right? So allowing the body in the field of awareness to anchor into the present moment. And then um, to the biggest one right now um, is to relax, to allow ease in a conversation, to relax the body and relax the mind. So many times, and this is a repeat of last week, and I will stop repeating in a moment, but so many times we are talking to people with a very rushed agenda, or our minds are on the next task we have to complete, the next meeting we have to go to, the next thing on our list, um, or we just need them to do something or get something very quickly. And there, we bring to our relationships a tense body and mind. If we can relax and let go, we can, there's a great possibility that we will release the reactivity that troubles us um, and the impulsivity. You know, Buddhists, we don't really talk about impulsivity because I think we think we're over that. I don't know. I think impulsivity is still a major problem in modern life. So I say, let's own that. Um, if you recognize the tension, you can reduce the ease. And one of the core practices to wholesome states of mind is choosing ease over and over again. It's a whole practice, choosing ease over and over again. And I'll come back to that.
So the one that I really want to go to is the next one is release. And these are, these are um, skills that I have put together for myself. Uh, so, um, you know, uh, and, and I've given you sources for other teachers who have also put together skills. And I'll repeat that again. So um, the release is to release the internally and externally. Externally, there's an opportunity to release the person in front of me from my judgment of them, my evaluating them, my comparing, and my wanting something from them. To me, that's like on par with enlightenment. When I can release you from my clinging mind, Nibbana, you know, it is, a re it is peace that you feel in that moment, right? So release this person from wanting something, from needing to be filled up in some way, or just listen to me or validate me, or a judgment that I might have, an evaluation or a comparison. Letting that go just to be here with them. The other way the releases is internal, is releasing the judgment we have on ourselves. I think 99.9% .9 of people have a form of social anxiety. A lot of people question whether they sound okay or act okay or look okay or will I be liked or will they accept me, will they love me, right? We have that inner dialogue of kind of a critical self that's evaluative, evaluating us. Do I sound okay? Do I look okay? Do they think I'm okay? Do they think I'm smart? Right? Do they think I'm competent? Do they think I'm phony? Do they think I'm a fake? Do I sound caring enough? This is a burden. It's, it's a form of dukkha. It's a form of suffering and stress. And we, it's not that necessary in our lives, but, but it is a significant internal dialogue that happens a lot and it causes contraction and suffering. So one area of awareness and mindfulness is to release this. Now, how do we do it? Better, uh, easier said than done. It's a hard thing to do. And one of the ways I noticed that I could do this is with meta practice. Uh, is to bring my meta practice relationally with others. And when I wake up and find myself in a judgment, no matter how subtle or an evaluation, I have learned it takes time to tell myself, stop it, <laughs> but to replace it with a meta statement for that person. I'll just look straight at the person and say, peace ease, may you be well, may you be happy. I find even though I'm chattering, you know, if I say, well, then you're not listening. No, actually I am listening. It seems like 
stopping the evaluative mind and going into the heart, you can just radiate it with your heart. I can still listen better than before. So I've used the meta to stop the mind from chattering in um, aversive state or a rejecting state or even, you know, an idealizing state. Uh, there are times where we idolize others too. Oh my God, they're so smart. I can never be that smart. They're so experienced. They have so much experience. They know so much more. Oh God, she speaks five languages. He's got so much in his bank account. He's invested so well. You know, even the idealizing can be a problem, can cause a separation or a dukkha, you know? And when we idolize people, boy, can they fall off a horse real quick, right? So um, discovered in the practice that this is unnecessary suffering relationally. And I might as well send metta and let my mind be quiet, whether it's through the heart, just radiating it or really doing a little word or phrase. Uh, and it does take some practice and some concentration. The other way that I am discovering along with other people on this retreat that I just took um, and our Dharma community in general is that metta practice, loving kindness practice, whether it's the phrases or just radiating from the heart is a concentration practice that can be taken off the cushion in the world through the day. And I'm really surprised how it is a doorway to ease and peace. The metta practice shocks me constantly because it's not so, um, it's not so, um, exciting to me, you know, as like a practice of concentration or no self or altered states or awareness or wisdom, like, you know, meta practice is just not so like, uh, you know, in my head, right? And then I get continually surprised at how powerful a practice it is. And one of the ways we can cultivate the wholesome state of mind relationally is internally to tap in, to be open to, a, to how we can send ourselves peace and ease. May I be at ease in this moment. May I have peace in the body. May I find stillness in action, in movement, stillness in speaking. May I find calm. You know, continual metta is not self-obsession. It's helping us land in that wholesome state and to remember where we're not so caught up. It's another tendency for some of us, and you can let us know who, who, who of you are like this, um, I certainly am or have been, is to lose the uh, internal awareness and to get so caught up in the other person, I'm no longer aware of myself. You know, if maybe I just need them to be happy or I need an outcome or I'm lost in what they're saying, 
but there's just too much focus out there. And I've lost that centeredness. It's, it's hard to be effective that way. And sometimes it's the other way where we're just running an internal dialogue and we're not too much with the other person. So I'm going to stop here. Um, what we covered today are some of the skills. Pause. Right? One breath can change what you say. Allow the body in the field of awareness to arrive here. Release this person and yourself from wanting, judgment, evaluating, and comparing. And um, opening up to relaxation and to metta, loving kindness. So um, what I'd like to do is uh, ask if there are any questions or comments at this point. And um, we'll see about ch the chat rooms or not. I'd, I'd like to have a, because this is such a heavy week, a uh, group dialogue with you if that's possible. Um, we'll, we'll see about the rooms. And Don and I um, have some music and a video um, of a beautiful song that um, Jennifer Berezin, anybody here ever heard of her music? Mindia did, yeah. She did a meta song that's lovely and it's a beautiful video about the making of the song, but you can see some of the Buddhist nuns from Korea. It's very lovely. So we'll show that at the end of our sit, maybe five or 10 minutes in, or we'll see. It. And if you wanna stay and watch it, you can with us. And if you want to go, you can go. Um, the The video is a little long and the music, but as you um, listen, if you choose to and watch, you can send meta to our forests and trees and air and people and all of that. In your send your loving kindness, as and you can even sing along. And I thought it would be a nice. Uh, relief for us under such gray skies to uh, have a little music and song. But right now, I'd like to open it up for questions, dialogue, comment, observation. Um, and you also feel free to talk about the week, the impact of the week, or what's going on with you now. So who would like to share? And Don is going to call on people and see who's here. OK, Don, go ahead. Sorry, I'm fighting, I'm fighting you with uh, muting. You'll have to unmute yourself now. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yes. Um, well, just good morning, everybody. It's really just so good to come together today like this. And Wendy, really what I just wanted to say was, I just wanted to thank you um, for that really beautiful meditation. And it just felt, um, you know, I've, this week has been really emotional. And uh, I just, uh, you know, the land and the, the trees and the animals and just being able to come together and put our hearts towards the healing that is so needed. And your words and your heart um, just really, really, really resonated and brought a little bit of peace and light today. So thank you. 
Thank you, Don. And how is the town you just came from? How are they fearing in Oregon? It's not good. Um, the little town, I mean, they're okay, but you know, red, red sky and terrible air quality and um, definitely evacuation watch right now. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grieving for Oregon and, and California. And I know that um, like it does, and you know, Mother Earth will, will reinvigorate and and will and will heal, and it just feels important to do everything that we can. Thank you, thank you. We're glad you're here and safe. Thank oh, thank you, Wendy. Who else would like to share? Ms. Shannon, I see your virtual hand is up. I think Sue was before me. Oh, really? Okay, sorry, I missed that. <laughs> Go ahead, Sue. It's okay, thanks, Shannon, no worries. Um, I just wanted to echo also, I was gonna state what Dawn had said about the beautiful meditation about our Mother Earth, and it was just so timely, thank you for that. I also wanted to ask if you could share maybe in the newsletter next time or somehow, that awesome poem about the moon. Um, yeah, the eyes, oh my gosh, that, that, it touched me, so if you could share that, I tried to jot it down, but missed it, so that'd be great. Thank you, and so great to see everyone. Warms my heart. Shannon? So um, after watching that movie that Adrian was talking about last night, it just became really clear to me that actually with all the different problems that, that we're being faced with the biggest problem that we have is we are so divided and um so that that dovetails very clearly with what we're learning here and so um the impact for me is that you know i think about how in my mind i get so upset with people who are you know thinking the wrong thing you know and if only i could just get them to change their mind then you know our world could get back on track but that's not how it's going to happen. I really am starting to see that my practice is going to like, this is time to take your practice to the next level because we have to come together. We have to find a way to um, love everybody. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you, Shannon. And, and I want to say one thing, I, Adrian is Adrian still here. I, it's hard to see everybody. I'm here. <laughs> Want to say what the what the show was that you recommended to us? Um, it's called the Social Dilemma on Netflix. On Netflix. So if you have it, I highly recommend watching it. It blew my mind. And and she also suggested that we have an evening um, of good, of mindful dialogue on it. And Adrian, I think we could combine some of our practices here that we're talking about wise speech and mindful speech, exploring it together. So you and I, let's talk about maybe a Wednesday evening where we can use wise speech and talk about the content. Does that sound good? Okay, great. All right, Don, back to you. <laughs> I see um, Anthony's hand up. Good morning, everyone. I kind of want to echo uh, what Shannon said, I had a very interesting experience this weekend. I used to coach uh, high school high jump 
or track and field with uh, an individual who I made contact with uh, fairly recently. And uh, so he wanted to come over and hang out. And uh, so it was supposed to be an evening and it ended up being uh, Saturday and Sunday. But the interesting thing is uh, politically, we couldn't be more apart. Uh, you know, we could enjoy sports together and talk sports together. And then the talk would go to politics. And uh, Saturday night, we, we uh, stayed up and disagreed uh, till 2.30 2 in the morning. Uh, couldn't find common ground on anything. Uh, I still feel he's a great guy. And I realized something that uh, the reason we all have such divergent views is because we all have such different facts that we're basing our conclusions on. And so we started out with the conclusions and we worked our way back to the, to the facts. And it's almost like a bell-shaped curve. There are people over here screaming, you know, they're, they're two, 5% of the population and they're saying one thing. The majority of the scientists are saying something else. And then there's this other fringe that's saying something else. And so when we get into the, the, the when you realize that, that we're all starting with such different, uh, I'll just say facts, you know, the, the people say there, there are such things as alternative facts. What there are is there's a preponderance of the evidence. You know, the majority of people believe one thing, the majority of scientists believe one thing, the majority of, of people will describe an event one way, but you've always got the fringe on either side. And, you know, if you're listening to one television station, you're getting one set of facts. Anyway, make a long story short, it, it was very, uh, revealing to me why we can't get along and why we can't agree on anything and why there's such uh, polarization. And I think we really need a type of media that does more work. And everything that's said is analyzed and fact-checked and it's not, you know, so you say, okay, well, 2% of the population believes what this guy is saying, but this is what the majority of people are saying. And then this is what, you know, the other group is saying. I think it, if we could do something like that, we would get much closer to being able to uh, hear each other. We can't hear each other uh, because we, we have this body of, of information um, that's very different from the body of information that, that other people have been told and experienced. So anyway, it was very, it was a very interesting weekend. I felt like in some ways I, I learned a lot uh, about myself and, and you know, how I, I deal with, with uh... anyway. Thank you. That's Thank it. You, and um, hats off to you for staying in the dialogue. You know, I think when we give up, uh, it's hard to stay in the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes, Shannon's comments are that that if for those of you who haven't been in the chat box, that this has been covered in that um, documentary. Um, yeah. Who else would like to share? I see uh, Richard's hand up. Yeah, just remarking what Anthony said again, what Shannon followed up with. Um, I think it would be really interesting to have you in on that conversation after you've watched this, um, Anthony, as a person who has a, you know, who's a psychiatrist, I, it's, it's, it's revealing in terms of what's going on really. So in terms of the polarization. But, Great, thank you. Anyone else? Yeah. See Kelly. There we go. So um, I'm I'm just seeing how uh, how linked we are to this planet and the lack of separation. Literally, what's going on inside of our um, our minds and this fire and each other and the and in, in, in the breakdown and the anxiety is what's happening on the planet itself. And it just reinforces the Buddhist concept of like, no self, no separation. We can, it's becoming so clear. We can see in front of us what's going on inside of us. And that reminds me that this practice that we're doing, um, is the practice for the planet too as we start as we calm the fire as we reintegrate as we use loving kindness for ourselves we're using it for the planet bringing ourselves back together in this is bringing the planet back together in this so even if all you're able to do is just you know squeak out a little loving kindness for yourself don't feel that it's not enough because you're not out marching or donating mm -hmm. tons of money or you know what you do for yourself at this moment is the same as what we're doing for the whole situation that's it thank you kelly that was beautiful thank you anybody else uh hi i see julianne <clears throat> I think Karen Roberts too, after maybe, yes, Julianne. Hi, I just wanted to share a little reading someone sent to me that I think is just worth sharing with all. Um, so I'll read this. Do not forget that the ashes falling from the sky are all the remains of the pine and grass and thistle and bear and coyote and deer and mouse that could not escape. Scoop some up in a sacred manner, take it to your altar, offer prayers for these beings, honor their death, pray for life, call in rain, remind fire that it is full, it has gobbled enough and can rest. May all beings be safe, may all beings be loved, may all beings be remembered, may all beings be mourned. That just really touched me. I think it's so beautiful. 
Yes. Thank you. I, I think we maybe you can send that to our newsletter as well. That was just so lovely, right? Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, so beautiful. I think we had Karen. Yes. Yes, hi. Hi. Cindy, thank you so much for the teachings. Um, so I really was, I mean, for me, I think I'm just, kind of really getting a look at um, areas where I'm really unskillful in terms of how, you know, I kind of go back and forth between, you know, being completely self-obsessed about, oh, me and my own safety and all of this. And, um, you know, I had an experience the other night where um, at 2.30 in the morning, there was a car, a car horn honking outside of my um, uh, condominium complex and it wasn't just like the beep 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 kind of honking it was like somebody laying on the horn and then the like a pause and then laying on the horn again and apparently there was something going on between this driver and the neighbor across the street and the whole thing you know from the car honking and the person coming out and the conversation and then the tow truck coming it all lasted an hour and a half and what I ended up doing was um, I ended up writing about it since I was awake. Um, and I, I realized that I had this irritation and anger. And at the same time, I was so resistant to sending meta <laughs> to these ridiculous idiots who woke me up. And I realized how unskillful I was in all of this. And that writing about it was really the best thing that I could do at the time. But where I found real hope in the writing is remembering that the historical Buddha, you know, his path to enlightenment was not an easy path to enlightenment. You know, he, there were many things he tried, asceticism, right? He practically starved himself to death. And, and then all of the, you know, over 500 reincarnations that are told in the Jataka tales of, you know, his supreme self-sacrifices. And so... Honestly, I took real comfort in that, um, that it was just really okay that I'm, I don't have the skills right now and just to be patient with myself um, that I'm learning these. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, so true. Um, it takes years and years and years of getting out of habit mind and that momentum that we have uh, to cultivate this skillful, wholesome states. And uh, it's not an easy path at all. Um, so we need to be recognized and be gentle and give ourselves tons of compassion. And the other thing that Sally Armstrong pointed out in this retreat over and over and over again, which bears saying, we tend as Westerners to lack confidence in our practice. We doubt ourselves, we judge ourselves, we put ourselves down, and we miss our wholesome states. And she said um, to really practice confidence because awareness, mindfulness, wisdom has momentum, and you are capable, you do have capacity, and uh, you do have the hardwire and all of the. Um, all of the capacity you need. 
to practice. So remember that you are doing it right too. <laughs> yeah, this came up a lot on the retreat. So maybe we have time for one more. We'll do a few announcements and then we'll watch the video, uh, listen to the music together. Firstly, hi everybody. Um, I'm forever thankful for Dawn as my daughter and telling me about this group for meditation. And Wendy, this is my first experience hearing your words. And they really resonated with me, especially experiences that you've had that I feel I've had too, questioning myself or lack of confidence or standing there pointing the finger at someone else. You know, I guess many of us have had those experiences and uh, your words were really appreciated. Um, and I love being part of this group, it's wonderful. Well, it's great to have you and to meet you and we adore your Thank daughter you. well. We're so happy. Say that again, please. I'm sorry. We're so happy she's returned to us. Oh, I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> I could understand that. I know how much she um, treasures this part of her life, you know, being part of all of you, yeah. Thank you. Okay, so it's time to uh, go to our Meta Song video. I uh, do not like saying goodbye to the faces that I see. I am clinging and grasping one more time to the beautiful beings that are called the Long Beach Sangha, and I will hold it in my heart all week. Um, it's great to be with you, great to be here. And uh, this group for me as well it has been a loving, loving home of just uh, so much kindness, meta and caring. Beautiful Long Beach group. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.